Hey, welcome back, everyone, to After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. I am Kyle Hall, and that guy right there is Austin Niemeyer, the driver of the uh, the Big Purple Barney number 33, at least this year, and we're going to get into that a little bit. So uh, welcome to ATC. Austin, how are you? Good. How are you? I am well. Uh, I, I think just to be fair to everyone watching, Austin and I know each other really well. Uh, like we, we spend about eight hours or nine hours a day, five days a week with each other. Uh, and then weekends at the racetrack, to be honest with you. And so, um, if we seem a little familiar during this, like more familiar than other guests, that's why. And so, uh, but I wanted, I wanted people to get to know you a little bit because you're, you're one of those guys that's kind of always in the mix, uh, not necessarily a perennial, uh, top two super stock driver, but you're always a, a top and top five super stock driver, depending on which track you're at. And so, um, so people need to know you, uh, and this is how we're going to do it. So, uh, let's get to know Austin a little bit. First off is, uh, like how old are you? I'm 24. You're 24 years old. So, and are you single or married? Do you have kids? I am dating someone, uh, no kids. No kids. And, and you have a dog. What's the dog's name? Ara. Ara. Okay. And uh and your girlfriend is who? Jenna Hegeman. Jenna Hegeman. All right. It feels weird, doesn't it? Like the that's things that are just common knowledge to you and me. Uh okay, so lean lean out of the way for those that are watching this. That's Jenna's car. And then the car right behind you, that is that's your car, the super stock. So Jenna races as well in a hornet a wasota hornet or a imca sport compact same car legal at two different places or two different sanctioning bodies i guess and so um talk talk about that a little bit talk about having uh a racing like you two race like what what is that like when both both of the people in the household race um it can get a little hectic uh, we're starting to get a routine down now, so it's not so bad. Um, but obviously, if one of us you know, wrecks a lot of stuff or if we have something going on throughout the week, it, it takes a lot of time to get both cars ready. And then at the track, you got to make sure both cars are still good. You know, kind of watch lineups because I, I tend to just get carried away with the races and all of a sudden turn around and be like, oh, shit, I got to go help her. So then I run <laughs> back there. And it, it gets a little hectic every once in a while. But, you know, now that we have our own house together, it's definitely a lot better because now I can just stay out in my garage till 11 o'clock at night working on the cars where before I couldn't do that because I had to worry about someone else sleeping or whatever. So this way I can kind of do whatever I want. And it definitely helps out a lot in the aspect of getting the cars done in a, in a timely manner. Right. Yeah. You can, you can work on them when, when you can work on them versus when you have to work on them. Right. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. So um, and how has this season been going? Uh, this is, it seems so weird to ask you these questions that I know the answer to. How, how has the season been going for, for both of you? Uh, she is lighting the world on fire, making me look absolutely stupid. And I'm mediocre at best. <laughs> um, I, I, that's, it's pretty, that's pretty good synopsis actually right there. If we're going to be honest about it, that's pretty good synopsis is you're, you're struggling to find a setup that, that, that meets your, your driving style and your throttle style and your, 
you're wherever you are right now. Uh, and she brand spanked new car this year, started off real rough on a practice night, blew the motor out of it. Uh, and then got a new bullet put in there in short order and, uh, and has been rocket fast all season long. Yeah. Yeah. It's been on. Yeah. Which, but that's been a long time coming for her, right? Like she's, she's had her struggles in the past and kind of built her way up into being, uh, quite honestly, a contender in every race that she enters. Yeah, when we first got together, she was still in a, an old Dodge Neon. And early part of the race, she was really quick with it. But then as the race went on, you know, the engine would start to run hot. Some sensor would malfunction to the point where it would cut out cylinders. So she just would be terrible in every race because she's only run on three cylinders. And we just we couldn't figure it out. We even got a whole new Dodge Neon. Everything different. And it still did the same thing. So we eventually got rid of that turd bucket. And then we uh, <laughs> got her into the Acura she had last year. Or maybe for two years. And then she did extremely well with that. She she was starting to you know, be able to run with the front runners, move her way through the field, and learn. And now this year we got her into a Cavalier. And she's been dominant. It's been yeah. awesome to watch. Very fast. Yeah, it's it has been fun to watch. People are talking about the 26 car. So, um, but she's not in this interview. So let's talk about the 33 car. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so um, how did you, I I guess, how long have you been driving a car? I started in 2016 or 17. Okay. I started a partial year running a pure stock. And then my next year was a full season in a pure stock. And then I've been in the super stock ever since. Okay. So, so it's 2018 then in the, in the supers. I believe that to be correct. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um. So go, go back to the pure stock days. What was, tell us about that. Like where, I guess, where did the desire to race come from? Uh, well, my dad raced way back when, obviously part of the throwback rap. Um, but it's always kind of been on my mind. You know, there's always been pictures up on the wall of him racing. There's one of me in the driver's seat, I think maybe at Cedar Lake in um, 2000, 2001, something like that. And, you know, it's kind of always been in the blood. You know, all my friends did it when I was growing up. So kind of just got the itch to do it. And then ended up talking to Scott Nelson at one point. And he had the old pier stock that, I don't know, Dylan maybe started in out back in the weeds so then I, I started in that eventually purchased that car from scott and then the following year for my first full season i brought it over to tim johnson's house and we put a whole new body on it about 50 pounds of bondo just made that thing beautiful and went to just wreck it in one year <laughs> you know it's back at the end of the year well there's there's something to like you um You've wrecked some stuff for sure over, over time, but you'll have that. Like they're like, that's how you learn where the edge is, I guess. And so, um, so maybe it's a good time to talk about the things being wrecked versus we're, we're going to get to the throwback rap. You, you already brought it up a little bit, the throwback rap thing, but let's, let's talk about you wrecking stuff first. So tell us, 
you've had a couple spectacular crashes. I mean, everyone's had the, you know, infield tractor tire, you know, you get in the nose cone or you, you break a spindle, you've had spin out, somebody gets into you kind of a thing. Um, tell us about maybe your top, let's say top three most memorable uh, snafus. Um, obviously number one being when I rolled over at Brainerd. Yep. That, that was not a good scenario. That was 2019, I believe. Um, brand, brand new car. Yep. Yeah. Yes, uh, I had one year on it, but yeah, pretty yeah. much brand new car. And then I'd say the next one, probably when I spun out at Brainerd coming out of four and then, uh, some, Guy driving blind, number 25, Dylan Nelson, something like that, came out of the corner, and I ended up junking his chassis. Best friends, so obviously I felt terrible about it. So I was able to piece my car back together for the future, put him behind the wheel of it so he could stay in the runnings for the points championship. And then all the next week, he got his car ready, his new car ready. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Able to get him back out there. and Yeah. Dude, the new chassis, so I always give him crap about that. Like, you know, your old car was such a piece of junk. Me wrecking you was the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, you have to spin it somehow to make yourself feel better. But there's – um, you doing that is is a pretty – not a lot of drivers would do that. They would say, hey, that's racing. Sorry about that. No problem. Get you going. Um, there was just a – maybe a week ago or last weekend maybe even in USMTS where – uh, I, th- I want to say Dylan Ramirez, um, Derek Ramirez, uh, did a slider and it, and it didn't, it didn't quite work the way that he had hoped it would. And it wrecked the other car and he was over like under the car fixing, given his parts kind of a thing, because it was like, you feel bad. Right. You know, and there's, there's not a lot of drivers that will do that. And so that's, that's good on you. So what would the most, what's the most memorable crash um well it's not really a crash but one that kind of like holy crap did that really just happen uh is that the 100 i believe in 18 so this was the brand new car and throughout the course of the year the rubber sealer on my fuel lid had gone bad and i hadn't noticed it so every time i would go into the corner it'd splash out some fuel well add that with sparks coming off your your rear brakes kind of lit my fuel cell on fire and my receiver battery had died in staging so you know that happens all the time i race without receiver not a big deal well i didn't know i was on fire so i got video of me just cruising around fuel cell on fire everyone's like hey stop i'm just blowing right by them you think they're signaling you yeah i knew i was in trouble when the the tow truck parked sideways in front of me and the guy hopped out the fire extinguisher and then I knew it was it was not a good deal. Something is not right here. Yeah, that was. But you uh, didn't even good. bring up the one that I thought was going to be number one on the list was the the wall ride in in Ogilvy. Oh uh, yeah, that's one I try to forget. Yeah, that so one's last there of, that was in practice. It wasn't even in a race. It was in practice. I wasn't uh, got, got in, yeah, and you weren't even supposed to be there. Got into turn number one, a little too hot, like pushed up the hill, hit the wall literally went vertical and, and went all the way around one and two on the window net. And then somehow it rolled back to the wheels, not to the roof, like crazy. Yeah. But so managed to wreck damn near everything on the car. 
Uh, yeah, for the most part, pretty much the whole front suspension. The rear end was actually still good. I don't think it really wrecked any of my rear bars or anything, but it it did a lot of damage. Yeah, and it yeah, it's one to forget about. For one, I didn't even want to race anymore. Like before we went down there, I told my dad, I'm "Like, hey, like national points is what it is. Like, do we just do we call it a year? Like this year has sucked." He's like, "Well, just." Let's just get one more out of there. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess whatever. Let's just let's get this one done with. It's totally, totally sucks. It's just I can't figure that track out. Let's just try it once more. Let's not say Ogilvy sucks. Like, let's say Austin's not great at Ogilvy. Yeah, that yeah. is the, cor- the correct term. I love yeah. Ogilvy as a track. It's got a great facility, but I can't turn left there. I don't know what it is in my steering wheel, but I think I need a different one. <laughs> um. Yeah, I wasn't even supposed to practice there. I was supposed to go down Friday night, but then my everything just opened up, so I went down there Thursday night. I told my dad that I was going to park the motor on down there, go back to work Friday, come back, and then we'll race Friday. And I get there, and I see the track is black from top to bottom, just you know, the kind of track I struggle on. I'm like, I should, I should practice. You know what? I can't figure out these tracks. So I unload the car, I go out there, and of course – don't even go on the black slick at all. I go right up to the wall. And right when I entered, I could feel the left front lower ball joint had busted at that moment mm. and just pushed me right into the wall. I was like, oh, no. But yeah, just, I didn't even know what happened. I just knew I was looking at the dirt out my door. I knew it wasn't good. And then all of a sudden I come back down and, yeah, it was bad. Steered out of it, though. Like you, like you were just like a champ. It was honestly a video game kind of move, like where it you just and then back to the wheels. It was like pretty crazy. It was Ross Chastain, but without the success. He learned from my mistakes. That's why right, he was able exactly. To do- That's probably what made him do that. So, um, okay, so we go about the crashes. Um, let's talk about your car and the wrap that's on it. You get within your circle of friends and family, you get a lot of crap about the raps that you've had um, just because you, you are fortunate enough to have someone at the racetrack. It's typically your mom uh, that, that live stream, you know, goes on Facebook and live streams every one of your races. And, and for a long time, the rap that you like has, is is like dark blue with dark blue number on it and no one knew and and then it's always a little dark at the racetrack right and so it's like you knew austin went by when nothing went by the screen because you couldn't see your car at all um i think at some point you and your dad had made a bet about the wrap of the car like who gets to design it and then so then came the white car with i think orange numbers on it and it was yep it was a much brighter color, easy to see. You didn't like that car and then went back to the dark car. Am I, is that correct? Yeah. I don't remember exactly what the bet was. And I don't even know that I lost it. I think, I think, I, I don't remember. It was amount of wins in a year, like between heats and features. Cause I was back while well, I still sucked, but back when I was terrible and I ended up either not meeting the number or just barely meeting it or whatever. He ended up designing it. And I didn't necessarily hate it. it just wasn't quite my style because it sure. had chrome wheels. Um, yeah. So yeah, the next year I went back to what what I like. I don't know why. I, I like it as a driver. Everyone hates it as spectators. But 
That's what's yeah. cool. Tell tell all the spectators to get their own car. And you right. they, they can wrap it however they want. So um okay, so then we come to this year's car, which was a, a closely guarded secret to most everybody. A, a few lucky individuals got to see it a little bit ahead of time. Um, but it is, well, you, you tell the story. Uh, so back in 2001 was my dad's last year racing, and that was what his car looked like. So that's back, or 2003, sorry. Yeah. So that was 20 years ago now. So I wanted to do a throwback a couple years back, but then he guessed it, like in the midst of designing the wrap. So it's like, I can't do it now that he knows. So I decided to do it this year. And uh, yeah, I, I got some old pictures of his car, sent them over to DK, kind of told him what I wanted to do, had him make me a, a fake wrap that I would show my dad. So that way like, he didn't know what was going on. And then went down to pick up the car and lo and behold, it's, purple not what he was expecting so that's pretty cool i like that i like that dylan was willing to to take some extra time to to maintain the joke or main, maintain the uh the secret so yeah. um so without without disrupting things a whole bunch can you walk us like grab grab the phone and walk us to the car so like we get to see the front the the uh i don't know if you can show us the the your dad's car like i you have a picture of that on the on the deck tin there so so that's the original car it was like a like a streeter type car um purple with the orange numbers on the side of it with like little jaggedy 33s because he your number is 33 and his number is 33 so now if you if you can get far enough away austin show us the whole side of the car if you if you can uh, probably not. i'll go to the other side yeah pretty cool like it's it's his current austin's current sponsors and that sort of stuff but it has the like it's a full sean niemeyer wrap to it with the purple and the orange 33 and it's just it couldn't be cooler and so in addition to your your dad you can go back now bud um in addition to it being your dad's wrap it's it's kind of a double tribute car, right? Like, cause it's not only a tribute to your dad's racing career, but, but also your grandmother is on the car. Yep. Yeah. So she also passed that. away 20 years ago this year and she was a, a huge supporter of his racing. So I kind of want to you know, throw her on the car this year to, you know, 20 year tribute to her as well. So wanted to make her incorporated as well into it as long as we're doing a throwback. So that turned out really well. Yeah, I agree. And and Dad was surprised. Like, there's you would put a a a, a little short video, and he he kind of walked in and walked right past it, like like he didn't even notice. And then all of a sudden, the light you could see the light bulb come on on his head. Like like, hey, this looks pretty dang familiar here. And so and he he obviously loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was very surprised. And it's you guys are are not unique in that you are very. I, I don't know, honestly, that you're in your, whatever it is now, eight years of racing. Has, has your dad ever missed a race? Has he ever not been at the track when you're there? He missed one. Yeah. And it was uh, my first hobby stock race back in 2020. So I ran a, the Super and the Hobby for one year. And we went out to, I believe it was Park Jefferson, South Dakota, to race that. 
and that was the first race he ever missed but he made sure to watch it live but yeah that was the first time he wasn't at the track with me for a race and i i gotta tell you uh it's you don't ever get to do you don't ever get to watch your race next to your dad and uh <laughs> it's super entertaining uh it's as an announcer, I love just being a spectator and just sitting next to your dad watching your races because he's the announcer of your races. And it's just so much fun. Yeah, he gets into it. Like, he's super into it. And it's it's like sometimes you got to just relax, buddy. It's fine. Like, he's doing great. Like, it's, it's there's nothing bad happening. And uh, but it's he, he's super passionate about your racing career and making sure that you know, whatever he can do, he's doing. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. This year, especially it's, it's great to have my own place. Cause now he works weird hours. He gets up super early and gets off at one. So he's, he's back at home twiddling his thumbs, not doing anything. So now that I have my own garage. He's able to come out here and start nut and bolting the car, checking stuff over, you know, cleaning air filter, doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Definitely takes a lot of workload off me. And it, I, I definitely couldn't do it without him. Uh, I don't think there's been hardly a week that's gone by where he hasn't came during the week to help on the car either. So he's he's a huge part of the, the racing program, both in and out at the track. I, mean, he's, I, I can't tell you what I run for tire pressure. I haven't done that for five years, probably. He is the first to admit that the only things he's allowed to do are uh, are tear-offs and or maybe not even tear-offs. It's just tire pressure. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I play on a tear off either. I've never put a tear off on. Who does your tear offs then? My dad. Oh, he does. Okay, so I thought, I thought, I thought he got fired from that job. But so tear offs and tire pressure, don't touch anything else. He helps me like change tires at the track and uh, fuel the car, that kind of stuff. Same with like torquing tires. I haven't torqued a tire in I don't know how long. Because yeah, that's just kind of stuff. Like even if I for a while there, I would fuel the car, torque tires, do all that stuff and then he would come out and retort the tires because he didn't know if it was done i'm like well i'm just gonna skip the middleman and just let you do it so that way we're not doing it twice yeah you don't it doesn't need to be done twice so perfect okay so we we move on to a, a couple like we call them toy department things the fun stuff of the show and every now and then i do this track term and it's the track term of the week or i i, I haven't done it in a long time so but I, on a Facebook post that you did the other day, a uh, couple, three weeks ago, uh, maybe maybe even less than three weeks ago, uh, you used the word slimy in a, in a, it, to describe a track. Uh, so what, what is a slimy track? Uh, to me, it is when there's way too much water out there and you're pretty much just flipping and sliding around the track. Um that's my description of it anyways a track you basically have no control of your car on yeah so that's at a lot of tracks that you're at it somehow or another the super stocks seem to be like the your first up like that get out on the track and so um so right after track prep for the heats if you're if you draw so that you're the first heat out Track is always going to be a little a little moist, typically, uh, so that by the middle of the heats, it's still got some grip in it. It's got to be a little wetter at the beginning. So, And then by the end of the heats, it's probably a little dry and slick. 
which then they come out and water the track again, roll it out a little bit, and then you're first up again. And so, yeah. uh, so that's kind of what you're talking about is, is it's just that, that first heat out on a, on a freshly prepped track. That's maybe it, it's, it's too wet to be grippy, but just a little, it's just slick. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Needs to be rolled another 10 laps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Or to be the second heat. Or, or just put the 33 in the second heat all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so, <laughs> um, okay. So that's that's what the track term for, for Austin Niemeyer is. And then we move on to the yourmth.com rapid fire questions, which is all sponsored by yourmth.com. Minnesota Trek headquarters, huge supporters of tons of race cars and tons of just different kind of, programs, whether it be uh, hunting shows, fishing shows, guide services, like they're just huge supporters of sports in general. Um, five different locations, monster trucks down to just little SUVs, grocery getters, a regular car. You're looking for a, a I know right now on their, I'm, I want to buy a Polaris slingshot and they have a Polaris slingshot on their website and I want to buy it, uh, but I'm holding off for now. Uh, they have Corvettes. I mean, it's just anything you're looking for. They've got dump trucks and commercial, like the carpet van guy. They have all of that stuff. And so if you're looking for any kind of a used vehicle, go to yourmth.com and give them a shot at earning your business. So what this is, Austin, and for everyone watching, is five questions that may or may not have to do with racing. Yours are racing heavy. A lot of times they're not racing ones, but yours are. So what is your favorite track? That's question number one. Can be one that you've raced on, could be one that you want to race on. My favorite for the way that I race is Princeton. I like the tight little bullring tracks. You can't think about what you're doing. You just have to do it. Yes. And it's a, it's a, to me, that would be a rhythm track, correct? Like where it's, it's on turn drift on turn drift like is it is it that kind of a track um yes and no i mean you have to be a lot more you have to watch over your air cleaner a lot more you know you gotta see what the cars in front of you are doing you know the track's only a car and a half wide so what a novel idea that is yeah no <laughs> <laughs> um, i like it because it keeps on your toes you gotta you gotta really pay attention and pay attention what the track's doing the cars in front of you are doing so that way it you don't enter it into one and also misjudge a corner and you push a guy above you off the track and then you're a bad guy. <laughs> Just because I'm a bad guy does not make me a bad guy. Um, so question number two is which track has, no, not which track, which concession stand food is your favorite? I'm going to be honest. I don't eat at the concessions very often. I bring food in the motor home. So I yeah. eat there. No, that's a good uh, idea. But Granite City has a very nice concession. I've eaten there a handful of times, and they have some really good food there. There is good food. There's, uh, they started putting the seasoning on their French fries, like uh, it's almost like a Taco John's potato Olay kind of seasoning, but it's just on their French fries. Uh, it is fat guy approved for sure. Um, <laughs> so, pancakes or French toast? That's question number three. Oh. I'm going to go pancakes 
I like French toast, but I'm not always in the mood for it. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with pancakes on that one. That's the wrong answer. That's, I know it's just an opinion question, but that's wrong. Nobody chooses pancakes. It's French toast is the right answer. Okay. A plain guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, what is your biggest racing achievement so far? Um, probably winning the Mighty X. The Mighty X Nationals. I'm I was say that as as I was coming up with questions for you, um, I thought that one, or I thought that smartass Austin, which is ninety eight percent of the time Austin was going to say that you beat Shane Tabraski three times. In I your, might have mentioned that like an hour ago in your office. Yes, exactly. In your career, in eight years, you beat Shane three times. Yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> there's, there's people that can't say that, I think. And so, uh, <laughs> but the Mighty Axe Nationals, you won. Uh, in fact, it was your first win ever at your home track, right? Only win. Only win. Yes. Yeah, I guess it is technically your only win at your home track. You have a, a handful of wins, but at home in Brainerd, one win and it's the Mighty Axe. Yep. If you're only going to win one, that's the one to win though, right? The way I look at it. Yeah, exactly. So um, number five and this one, uh, I don't, I don't know why I wrote this down, but what is your biggest racing regret? so far this is a tough one it is really tough because i don't know that anything's really a regret um i'm gonna i'm gonna go with something pretty recent and just say that not by a pit lift yet <laughs> yeah i can it, see that i can see that that's the only thing that really comes to mind right now is you you need a pit lift Yes, I'm actually need, gonna look at one this Thursday. We need a GoFundMe for Austin's pit lift. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, you know what I thought it was gonna be is uh, I'm gonna give you one, and and you and I have chatted about this a bunch of times. Is being just a little bit too nice on the racetrack. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, I think I've given away a couple of races by being too nice can't necessarily say that's a regret just because i i know there's a fine line between being aggressive and being dirty and i yeah. definitely don't want the reputation so i think a couple wins would have a couple more wins would have happened if i were a little aggressive but I, i'm glad that i didn't do it just so that way you're you're on. you're a guy that that uh, another driver isn't afraid to go in on the high side on the outside of the 33. I would like to think so. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's very I think that's very true of people. So, all right. Well, that's the yourmth.com rapid fire questions. Five questions may or may not have to do with racing. So, we get to the last the last little department here, the last little segment, and it's the East Central Sports Pay It Forward question. Brought to you by East Central Sports down in uh, North Branch, I think, is where they are. I should find that out since he's sponsoring the show. I think it's North Branch, though. Um, somewhere down over that direction. If you're watching on your phone right now, that direction from where I'm sitting is where East Central Sports is. And uh, Mac Johnson, another racer, 
just does this amazing job with all of these little, the little pit bikes and four wheelers and go-karts and all this cool stuff for, for it ends up being for racetracks. Like there's like little kids come in, get the little mini quads and their go-karts and stuff like that. But the pit bikes that he sells, they're everywhere at every pit, at every pit meeting. Um, They're always there. And so we're giving one away on the show. So go back to the, where you're watching this show on after the checkers show on Facebook, the after the checkers with Kyle Hall and, and go on there, find this Venmo code right there and Venmo me 20 bucks. And you get your name onto this board right here. And you get the chance to win a brand spanking new pit bike from East central sports. So thank you very much, Mac, for being on the show, support him when you need a new pit bike. Um, so the way that the pay it forward question works, Austin, is my last guest gets to ask you a question. You get to ask my next guest a question. Um, as we talked about before, you work with me and uh, and you said, so who's asking me the question? And I wouldn't tell you, right? I did right. not tell you. And so the guy asking you the question is Mac Johnston. And I didn't right. tell you that because you two know each other pretty well as well. And him and your girlfriend are competitors on track. Uh, and they they duke it out from time to time for, for dominance in the, in the Hornet class. So his question for you, his question, not Kyle's question for you is, what is it like to live with a driver that's faster than you are? Pretty predictable question, right? <laughs> it, I've, I've grown used to it. Um, for a while, I was like, eh, whatever, it's because she's in a hornet. Then, you know, she can, she, she outdrives me for sure. Uh, I do a lot of dishes. I do the laundry. Um, I'm just kidding. But she, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little embarrassing when I go to the track and everyone's like, oh, when is she going to start driving the super? And I'm like, well, I guess pretty soon here. Everything's for sale. Yeah, exactly. I hadn't even thought about that. Maybe she should on a practice night go out and lap that sucker a couple times. No. She won't. She, yeah, I didn't. I, think, I, yeah. I tried really heavily to get her into a hobby stock for a year. And she was actually convinced up until I happened to drive a hobby stock that year as well. And then that went out the window. So, yeah. <laughs> well it's tough it, it's tough being talented enough for people to put you in their car right like that's uh if if that's the worst thing that happened that year that's still a pretty good year i think that was one of those things where like i was eighth on the list and the first seven were like ah, i got other stuff going on he goes i guess we'll put niemeyer in the car i don't think that's what it was at all so um, okay, so your question, this is the pay it forward question part, is you get to ask my next guest a question. And the next guest on the show is going to be Rod Lindquist, the executive director of Wasoda. And so what would your, what is your question? Um, and we're, so what we're going to talk about me and Rod is there's a, there's the AFCO Invitational uh, coming up this fall. Um, some people are calling it the prelude to the 100. Uh, and so we're going to, we're going to talk about the, the, the brand new Wasota sanctioned race, uh, happening up at Bemidji Speedway, me and me and the executive director are. So what would your question for him be? Um, I'm going to go with 
what is the least favorite part of your job as okay. a the director? Least favorite part of being the executive director. Yep. Okay. That's uh that's not a bad question. It's that's I'm curious to know what the answer to that is gonna be. Because I don't, to be honest with you, I'm not a hundred percent sure all of the things that the executive director does. Uh, and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what his answer to that. Maybe we maybe we need to find out what does the executive director do first, and then I'll ask him this at the end is what which part sucks the most about being the the boss. And so yeah, be yeah we'll do that. Exactly. So um well, Austin, I, I would like to say uh, good luck in 2023. We'll see you at the track. But in all honesty, I'm going to see you tomorrow morning uh, here at work. And so uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. But nonetheless, good luck in 2023 to both you and Jenna both. And uh, keep it on the rubber and, uh, and park it from time to time. That would be fun for Kyle to talk about. I would love to do that. <laughs> awesome. Austin Niemeyer on After the Checkers, everybody.